They were the heroes from the future. Teenagers protecting the universe from those that would sow the seeds of chaos. Each had unique powers and abilities. And though they often had their differences, they came together to save the day as the Legion of Superheroes. Now you can be a part of their adventures and learn the history of the future in the Legion Clubhouse. This week on the Legion Clubhouse, it's a cartoon! Never watched Aquabats, but I, I'll take your word for it. You are sorely missing out if you've never watched the Aquabats. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm familiar with them. I know who they are because they're costume superheroes. Yeah, yeah. That's my whole shtick. Yeah, that's really good. But we're not here to talk about the Aquabats, dear listener. We are here this week uh, to talk about the Legion of Clubhouse in a roundabout way in that um, there's something that kind of surprised me this week, uh, this past week. uh, DC had their second annual uh, DC Fandome. It's their virtual convention or Hall H presentation where they unravel and unroll all the big things coming down from uh, Warner Brothers, DC media, film, television, that kind of stuff. And one of the things that they announced was the fourth season of Young Justice. Now, Young Justice has been a television series that has been on and off the air for years. At one time, I thought it was on, was it on Cartoon Network? And then it, then it went to someplace else. And then uh, there was so much fan demand that it came to uh, HBO Max, and now it's on the HBO uh, streaming service. And so they announced season four, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I didn't realize that they also dropped season four, the first two episodes of season four, on HBO Max on the same day. So I'm just going, oh, look, there's a new season of of Young Justice. Young Justice Phantoms, uh, in this two-part opener, and it's not even the complete story arc, but in these first two episodes mm-hmm. uh megan mm-hmm. uh, superboy and mm-hmm. beast boy all travel to ours so mm-hmm. that uh superboy and, and, Ma- and hunter to yes and miss miss martian can get married with um mcgann's uh family present because that was something that they weren't able to do a year ago and beast boy i don't know what exactly happened in season three but beast boy is going through some ptsd um, PTSD. I think yes. there was some Terra. Yeah, it's, I think so too. There, the whole Markovia thing was going on and Markovia still seems to be an unresolved issue at the beginning of this, but he wants to go along both as a friend and also to his, to escape. Mm-hmm. Then there, you know, the gist of the two episodes mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of racial tension going on, on ours. Oh boy. And they don't hold back with how bad the, the, the racial tension is. Um, they talk, I mean, this show in the two episodes, they talk about, uh, separatist movements. They mm-hmm. talk about, uh, outsiders coming in and polluting the minds. Right. Of weird nationalism the citizen. about yeah. the, the earthers coming to Mars. They, they get into weird miscegenation, uh, bits where, you know, yes. Megan's, Megan's family is integrated. So it's a white Martian and a green Martian have married and that's mm-hmm. outside the caste system. And then, of course, uh, this nationalism, as Matthew said, comes in because one of the things that they've been doing since last season is trying to create some cooperation. The king, who's a red Martian, uh, mm-hmm. is trying to do some cooperation with the Earthlings and think that they should be able to work together. And so one of the things that John John Jones has been doing <laughs> is uh, they set up like a giant antenna to receive television and other communications from Earth and back and forth and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Someone has killed the king. 
There's yep. all sorts of craziness going on. Uh, and probably the biggest surprise, or maybe not a big surprise, mm-hmm. because at the end of season three, in the very last shot that we see of season three, they're in a coffee shop and there's a blonde woman who is pouring coffee. And as the camera pans down, we see the Legion flight ring on her finger. Yes. In these first two episodes, Saturn girl, chameleon mm-hmm. boy, and phantom girl, uh, all show up in this and they're observing, they're watching this stuff that's going on on Mars as things start to escalate and Mars becomes isolated with this crazy racial tension about ready to break through. And I thought this was really kind of cool because we kind of, there had been talks that maybe we were going to see some Legion of superheroes in young justice. Mm -hmm. But if you watch the promos for this, if you watch the stuff that they showed on the DC fandom, they didn't give it a single mention. It was just passed over like, Nope, not even going to mention it. So if you haven't watched Young Justice and you're into the Legion of Superheroes, you've got no clue other than this podcast and maybe some stupid blog out there uh, right. that uh, that uh, that's sharing this information. 57 hidden uh, Easter eggs about the Legion of Superheroes. In that episode? No, I don't oh, know. That's, okay. that's what I'm going to oh, call my blog, though. That's what it's going to be. That's yeah. what your YouTube explainer video is. Here yeah. are the 57 and hidden it's, Easter it's eggs. It's going to be me sitting there. Just going, and then this happened. So what did you think of, you haven't been watching, I don't think you've ever watched Young Justice, have you? This is my first actual exposure to Young Justice. I've never seen an episode. Yeah. Uh, I have seen GIFs. Uh, I have heard Rodrigo go, hello, Megan. Yeah. But I have never in my life watched. Which is very unfortunate because this is like, young Matthew right? going into the store in 1975 and picking up a comic book and going, I don't know who any of these people are or what's going on. You know, that's how I started reading comics though. Yeah. I mean, so I think that's how everybody started reading comics in the 80s. Oh yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think anybody reads comics that way. I know that there's a big push to have number one issues as these great jumping on part points, but in all honesty, they're not, they're just continuations of a story that you should have read, you know, five years ago. So it is unfortunate because when Young Justice first debuted, it was really kind of charming. It was the mature version of Teen Titans. And the, you know, if you look at Teen Titans, it's the mature Titan uh, version of Teen Titans Go. And so Young Justice is that grown up version of Teen Titans or the younger version of Justice League International. So these characters have grown up in the show. They started all in high school and have worked their way up to being adults where they're married and have expanded yeah. their, their, uh, teen Titans team to include a bunch of others. So it's, it's really something that I could understand not, not knowing why McGann was marrying Superboy or anything like that. Although I, I think it's pretty easy to figure out why they're in love. There's, there's a lot of context missing, but I mean, the, the differences are pretty clearly, uh, lampshaded, you know, in the mm-hmm. beginning we see halo and, mm-hmm. uh, halo is a Muslim, uh, mm-hmm. young woman in this particular story, you know, we get them talking about, Oh yeah, the things that happened in Markovia, we hear beast boy missing his girlfriend and worrying about what's going on back there in Vlakava, you know? So I, I catch the gist of it. And honestly, yeah, when it comes down to it, I'm pretty fine with a, Hey, here's an alternate reality where X happens. So, um, but yeah, I just, I, I sat down and I watched two episodes of this. 
And I had four important thoughts. Do you know what my four important thoughts were about Young Justice? Okay. Episode one why, why don't you two? tell us and then we'll judge on a scale of one to five okay. how important they are. Now, I'm sure they're important to you, but let's uh, scale important of one to five. thought number one. Okay. Beast Boy is voiced by the same man who voices him in Teen Titans Go and in the old Teen Titans series. Yes. And he might as well be three separate characters and Greg Sipes. It's a friggin' genius. Yes, I would agree. That is a, a very good, important thought that you have. Important point. Important point number two. They said the Zeta project. <laughs> That's funny. They they did, right? Because they're transported back and forth through Zeta beam technology. And if I'm yep. not mistaken, uh, at one point in. Man, I'm going to it's been such a long time since I've watched Young Justice all the mm-hmm. way through, because this is like a show that's been spread out it's, through like six, seven years. years. Yeah. Something like that. The first season. I don't know if it, I don't know if it is. Yeah. So yeah. 11 years. Wow. I don't know if it's related to specifically the Zeta project or Zeta beam technology from Adam strange. I think it's just thrown in there. Yeah. It's definitely Zeta beam technology from Adam strange. Yes, so. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Third important. So I would give that a three. I'd give that a three out of five. Third important thought. This okay. is a very important thought. Okay. Prince Jim is Jim son of Saturn. Yes. He's a red Martian, but he's gem son of Saturn. Yes. And four. And I think this I'd, is I'd give that one a, maybe a, a one or a two. That's not super four, important. No, that's very important. I was reading comics in 1985. I know who gem son of Saturn was. Number four. And this is the most important thought. I hate this so much. Why? I hated both of the, I will tell you, and there's a simple reason why they have very, very, uh, talented voice people. Mm-hmm. They have, I mean, Kevin Michael Richardson is doing the Martian Manhunter. Right. They have, uh, oh, what's his face? Nolan Skibbity-Bibbity doing Superboy. Greg Sipes, as I said, is amazing. I like the person they have voicing Megan. Uh, I thought it was funny that Saturn Girl and Phantom Girl are both obviously voiced by the same woman, only with a, a weird vocal effect on Phantom Girl. But here's my problem. And this is a thing that, when you know, it's going to kill me. Is this um, going to be a one? Is this going to get a one rating on out of five? Uh, now I'd give it a two and a half. I mean, it's not a bad <laughs> show. It's just that it has, it has a huge, hu- this is the thing it's quality, but it angered me because, uh, I don't know if you know this, but back in 1954 to differentiate him from humans named John, right? They put an apostrophe in John Jones's name, right? right. It is young justice policy that you pronounce the apostrophe. So the planet Mars is actually known as Maalakandra and a John Jones's brother Maalafaak is a bad guy in the story and Magan Maors and her little sister, Emily Maors. And it just, it, it feels like everybody's hiccuping and everybody just, is saying that's every, a different band. every day. Now who's, now who's being, now who's being exclusive. Oh, I hated that. I hated that so much. I, well, I, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give that a one complaint. No, that's I, a I think that is just like, if you went to another country and you were just like, it's called a trunk, quit calling it a boot, speak I English. Would, okay. No, it is nothing <laughs> like it that. Is, it is a dialect. It is a conscious decision by creators. And here's yeah. the thing. Yeah. This is, I watch Supergirl. Supergirl has John Jones. It has Malifak. It has his father. It has all of these Martian tropes. It has McGann. But you know what they do there? They don't choke on every single apostrophe. Well, actually, all those words don't have apostrophes in them either. So 
They're and just just look at it as that's the dialect, and that's how they that well, is how like they it. choose to do that in this show. I, you know, other than that, it's not bad. I'm not really a fan of the art style, but I mean, that's it's, like saying you know, it's like watching Justice League Unlimited. All of that is in that Bruce Tim style. Mm-hmm. You know, this is all in in the style kind of a lanky style somewhere between Bruce Tim and maybe like a Peter Chung. Yeah. I yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. No, it's the problem I have. It's a little bit angular, mm-hmm. a little bit more angular than what you're used to. But again, if you watched it in the first season, you see them change and the animation change as they grow mm-hmm. up. So it, it feels very natural. The thing right. that and I'm, I'm bothered me with the visual aspect of it. I've seen all of, you know, all of their costumes and costume variants yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm me. Um, the thing that kind of, made me a little like, uh, I, I think they had to do this on a limited budget, Mm -hmm. uh, was that yes, there is movement and stuff going around, but Mm -hmm. everybody communicates, uh, telepathically Telepathically. and so they don't have to worry about mouth movements, which is, which is to me was just kind of like a the clutch cargo. People would love these guys. Well, yeah. And so uh, again, uh, this is the custom that that's how Martians uh, talk with one another is through telepathy. Yeah. Well, except there's not apostrophes in that uh so i you know i can kind of i can get i can forgive that but man i was just like somebody's cheaping out on that but yeah we're not here very confusing because at the beginning of uh season or episode one they don't identify that this is ms martian she's in her Mm -hmm. her human form Mm -hmm. so she and superboy are talking and i'm like are their mouths moving and i'm like oh i hear telepathic echo yeah 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 Yeah. you know but we're really not here to break down everything that's going on yeah. in in this. What we're here to talk about is the Legion of Superheroes stuff. And yes. I know that there's not a lot because they just are here. Like at one point, uh, you know, Saturn Girl steps out from behind a shadow and you see her ring and you're like, oh, that's Saturn Girl. And mm-hmm. then, you know, up on Mars, uh, Chameleon Boy has integrated with one of the Green Martians and he steps out. And the only reason why you know it's a... Uh, uh, Legion member is because of his ring. And then mm-hmm. Phantom Girl, I don't think we ever saw her do anything except for when she finally shows up. And you're like, oh, that's Phantom Girl. We um, saw three Legion uh, rings, but. Yeah, so those, I'm the, not those sure represent the three. The three of them in different situations, but. It might have, it might have been. Um, I found it interesting that their Phantom Girl is kind of light blue. Yes. And she has some design elements of uh, post revote apparition and some design elements that feel like Bendis phantom girl. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but it's, it's interesting that you, you note the, the Bendis stuff. Cause I think that is kind of the crux of maybe where this story is going. Mm-hmm. I have, I never watched the previous uh, Legion of superheroes animated series. I know you watched that all the way through. I did. Yeah. But for some reason I looked at, at phantom girl and I was like, I've seen that design before for a Phantom Girl. That's not how she was portrayed in the the Legion uh, animated series, was it? Yes and that, no. That darker oh, skin that, with the kind of, they're not really barrettes, but they kind of look like horns on her. Are they like horn barrettes? She did have the barrettes. Um, the thing about the Legion uh, series from, I think, 2006 yeah. was that the Legion cartoon Phantom Girl had sort of a ghost vibe. So she was supposed to, I think her costume chest symbol was supposed to evoke, uh, a headstone. Uh, okay. she did have barrettes in her hair and she did have occasionally a hood, but usually her hood would be down as part of her cape. So 
you get, you know, there's a little bit of that in here, but she wasn't blue. Yeah. For some reason, I just, I've maybe seen her in somewhere else and maybe, I don't know. I have to go back and look at the Binda stuff. For some reason, I just think of her also as blue. And then maybe I'm just conflating her with uh, Shatter or Shadow Lass. Shadow Lass. Yeah. You I mean, they're easy. Shadow Lass with Phantom You know what? They, they probably don't have a Shadow Lass and they just made Phantom Girl and Shadow Lass the same thing. You think? I don't know. I, I, I want to kind of see where this goes. Um, Kari w- uh, Walgren is the person who is voicing both really? uh, Saturn Girl and Phantom Girl. Yeah, it's clearly the same one. I didn't realize it was Kari. She also is doing uh, Jan Moore's, uh, if you didn't mention that as well. Jan Moore's? Uh, Mars. Mars. Oh. oh, yeah. Megan's mom? Megan's mom, yeah. The Martian mom hunter. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. The Martian mom hunter. Yeah. But so Kari there you Walden go. Used to be on remote control back in the twenties. Uh, yes, <laughs> I want to say that is correct. Yeah, she did. Yeah, uh, are, she's but, from she's from Kansas. I'm, I guess I'm thinking of Kari. Oh, what's the other Kari? Uh, that oh, was, you're, uh, yeah, that's Kari Wurr. That was. Oh, that's the, who I'm thinking of. It's Kari Wurr. I'm like, man, did she get married and and change her look? Uh, yeah, okay, so that's where I'm I'm getting that confused. Yeah, Kari uh, Kari. Walgren did a bunch of, she did the Fooly Cooly and she did. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. She did. Oh, she's basically, you know, voice actress extraordinaire. Yeah. Um, but and I then, want to say that she did something in justice league. Maybe I I'd have know. to, I'd have to look at her IMDB. Uh, the voice of chameleon boy is mm-hmm. also the one who does the voice of Desaad in this episode. D Bradley Baker. <gasps> Do you know how creepy it is? That Desaad, I like this Desaad. The most sense, yeah. Desaad literally comes out and says to Maalafak, "You realize that you are all the same. There's literally one tiny genome uh-huh. that changes the skin color I know, of your right? hair." And I'm just like, "This is coming out of the mouth of an evil Desaad, person, right? the evil geneticist." But that's, but that's why. But that's why I think he gets such pleasure out of this. Is that? You he are, want, yeah, he wants them for, to destroy each other. Yeah, and except except matter. for the stars upon thars, you people are really ready to destroy one another. And I'm and, here I'm here for all of that. Here's a gene bomb so that you can kill uh, everybody who's not you. <laughs> or maybe it will kill you. Who knows? There's only one way to find out. It's me, Desaad. So D. Bradley Baker's Desaad laugh is, I mean, it is like Zoltan Coolworthy. But yeah. I find one thing about this. Um, and this, this actually relates back to my Arshan naming uh-huh. issues. Do you realize that the green Martians are called the Gurians mm-hmm. and the white Martians are called the uh, Ashen? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to stop complaining now. They, they, you know, they speak different. The young justice fans are going to come down on me. They're going to be like, you don't know. You don't know how Wally sacrificed himself to save tigers. <laughs> you don't know how awesome Bart was. You don't know about Roy being a clone. So it know. looks like, it looks like, um, you know, dark side is doing some attacks from beyond space time, which kind of gives away the presence of the Legion members as they're trying to cloud themselves from the Martians who are, uh, you know, Tele- right. uh, telekinetics, telekinesis. They, they, they can read the minds, the telepathians. Yeah, they can read your mind because they're like telegraphs. But here's where I think this is going. I think the Legion members are here to observe how the Martians and the Earthlings work together and probably some other aliens 
will show up to work together to resolve this conflict. And because Superboy is here, mm-hmm. I just have a feeling we're seeing the Bendis storyline of Superboy is the one who creates the United Federation United of the Planet. Nine Planets ice cream shop. <laughs> and that's when the Legion pops out and says, yes, it is us. We are here. Uh, and we have witnessed four it different all. things wrong with what you just said, but I'm going to put a pin on that. And there's nothing wrong with what I have said. Kanye this is style. a, this is a different universe. So it is the United Federation of the nine planets ice cream shop in this world until the show you, proves me wrong. That's what it's going to be. You don't even watch <laughs> young justice. You're I do. I, I did miss like, I watched the first two episodes of season three and then I, then I lost track of it. So I don't season know what happened. Three with is Mark like Kobe. 16 episodes. long. I know. I just get busy. That's, that's one of the problems. And I've talked about this before uh, a long time ago is that unless it's something super hot, like for me right now, the super hot thing is only murders in the building with Steve Martin and um, uh, what's his name. Also from three amigos, Selena Gomez, Selena and, Gomez uh, and Martin, Short. Martin Short. Yes. Love that show. I know exactly when it comes out, comes out at 11 PM on Tuesday evenings, actually Monday evenings, uh, so that you can watch it. And I'm right there to tune, tune into Hulu to watch a new episode, uh, when it comes out. But if it's a so, so show, or if it's a show that has a slow burn like that, uh, Stephen King, let's go save Kennedy, uh, series that Amazon prime, maybe it was Hulu. One of those two had back in the day where they were releasing that, new episodes every week. Well, I forgot about it. It was just like, Oh, this is not something that there's not an advertisement that tells me that there's a new episode that's out. There's no email that's telling me there's a new episode that's out. There's no TV guide uh, or ad or anything that's telling me the new episode has arrived. And so it was really hard. So it'd be like three or four weeks and I'd be like, Oh yeah, I need to go and watch that show. And then I would catch up and go, Oh, okay, well I guess I'll have to remember to watch this next, next week. And I would forget. And that's kind of one of my biggest complaints with streaming media and it's desire to emulate television in that we're releasing things weekly. In some cases it works really well. Disney plus, I think did a really good job of their hype machine with WandaVision Falcon and the winter soldier. What if, uh, Loki, uh, and all those other things. I think they do a good job on that, but most of the others really stumble. And for season three of young justice, I think they really stumbled on that and probably going forward for future episodes of young justice. I will forget by next week because new episodes come out Thursdays. I will forget by this Thursday that there's a new episode and it'll be four or five weeks before someone says, Oh, Steven, have you watched the young justice to see what's going on? I'll be like, I completely forgot about it. So that's, that is, that's kind of my complaint of appointment television. Uh, and, and really what we are now with appointment streaming television. That's that's Steven's complaint about a, a lack of object permanence. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. And I, and I, th- and I, and I take offense to that. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to but, be offensive, but, um, and this is also my argument for, let me just watch it all at once. Like star Wars visions. When they dropped that on Disney plus, they weren't mm-hmm. like, Hey, we're going to release one of these little 18 minute episodes or 10 minute episodes a week. They're just like, here's the whole thing. And so I watched it over the course of a day, day and a half. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And I think you did the same thing recently with, um, squid game, squid games. Yep. And I did the same thing with midnight mass. And those are things that they just release all at once. And and I'm not a binger, uh, by nature. I mean, but you know, when we did, uh, the Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. we actually trade weighted it basically when all nine episodes were out, we started watching the Mandalorian. And I, and I know a lot of people do that. I've done that too. I forget which show I did it on. Uh, but basically I think it was uh, Ted Lasso season one. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I waited until there were two episodes left, and then I binged everything in the course of a night. And then the next day, I watched the new episode, and then the the episode after that, the the week after. So, mm-hmm. it it just depends on. I I think it really has to do with how excited you are about a product. And quite right. honestly, season three opens up with uh, child trafficking of mutants, uh, mm-hmm. tra- trafficking of of children with special powers, and how mm-hmm. that tied into Markovia and and all of that stuff. And at the time, I was just like, "This is not appealing to me at all." I have, I mean, I right. I have uh, uh, feelings for and a strong uh, hate against any kind of child trafficking. So to try to turn that into entertainment, kind of, I think, offended me a little bit. And that may be another reason yeah. why I'm like, I'm not really interested in watching this anymore. So, but this though, I I want to see how race relations on ours uh, turn out. I want to see if yeah. everyone ca- ills everyone. I want to see, uh, first of all, I want to know who's behind uh, the melting of the device because they, it seemed to be a heat vision signature. Well, I thought, uh, you know, because it was, let's cause the cave to crumble on top of Superboy who's already weakened. I thought that was uh, Darkseid doing his thing. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing I that I didn't seen. know. That was my guess because Desaad was there that Darkseid was also involved. But it could be somebody totally, totally different. So yep. I'm very keen to see how this Legion storyline plays out. How many Legionnaires are we going to get? I, I, I'm very curious about that as well. Maybe they are there too. So the other one that I instantly thought of when I saw the glowing eyes was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is Mordrew. And then I was like, wait a minute, Mordrew makes zero sense in this story. <laughs> Why not? I mean, yes, maybe so. But we're going to have to find out. So I, I I guess we wanted to take some time in this week's Legion Clubhouse to say, hey, we don't have to read old comic books because there's new Legion stuff. It's just on TV in cartoon form and you have to pay $19.99 a month for it. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. Uh, what, what, do, uh, what do we learn this week in our Legion Clubhouse meeting, Matthew? We learned that a light blue... Phantom Girl is better than no Phantom Girl at all. I think we also learned that it's good to go and check out things uh, and and get a nice, pleasant surprise when your favorite Legion characters show up. I'm not telling you which one is my favorite, but let's just say one of my favorite Legion characters showed up. Yep. No bouncing boy or block in this episode for me, but I will say this, and I feel like using the Legion the way they use them here is definitely something that would hook me. So I think I learned that I might possibly watch some more Young Justice. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for checking us out this week. We'll be back to find out what happens uh, to our, our Legion members in the 1980s. Uh, but until then, I'm Stephen. And I'm Matthew. The Legion Clubhouse is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC, and is produced by Stephen Schleicher. Your hosts were Matthew Peterson and Steven Schleicher. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra and Steven at Major Spoilers. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Legion Clubhouse. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. I'm Jason Inman. Until next time, eat it, Grandpa. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.